I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we're going to talk about interview questions, probably the interview process a little bit, um, just kind of in general, the topic of interviewing. Uh, I know that that's a pretty good topic right now. I think there's a lot of people out there interviewing for jobs, and there's a lot of jobs looking for people to interview for those jobs. So here with me is Let's Talent Client Relations Lead, Alex Cassidy. Alex, could you tell us a bit about yourself and what your role is at Let's? Absolutely. So I am in the Lincoln office for Lutz, which is our smallest office and and growing. And right now we have many college interns because it's just the start of tax season. So that's very fun. And uh, we have a Young Lively group here. I lead our talent division here in Lincoln. And so I work with the Lincoln clients of Lutz to help them hire and find and hopefully make a long-term fit out of accountants. We also do HR professionals as well at Lutz Talent. Um, That's something we've done more recently. Uh, We see a crossover there that HR and accounting are often kind of the backbone of, of businesses. And so we, we will recruit and help clients find HR professionals as well. Um, so, but being, being kind of the sole talent person in Lincoln, I have the honor of being both on the client and the candidate side. So the Omaha group, the Omaha Lutz talent group is a little bit bigger and they have individuals that really focus on either the client or the candidate side. But um, again, being a one woman showdown here in Lincoln, I get to do both. And so I can bring some insight into, you know, what it's like to be on, on both sides of that um, and, and kind of help, like you said, Jack, hugely important right now to master that from an interview standpoint, but also an interviewee. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, it's really a candidate's market. And so understanding both sides and, and what to ask and then how to answer it is, is important. And, and quickly, someone can be hired and, and flip sides so, so fast. They, they just went through the interview process themselves, and then they need to hire a team and need to become the interviewee real quick. So it's definitely important to understand both sides, and I'm happy to shed some light. Yeah, no, awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I, when I think, you know, to your point about HR and accounting type roles, those are, like you said, the backbones of the business, obviously accounting for, for, you know, financial reasons and, and yeah. making sure the company is doing what it needs to do and, and growing and being successful, but HR for a cultural fit, you know, mm-hmm. perspective, I, I think that's uh we, that's a huge role for us to take on and, and not only clients, but, but interviewees. So I think it's great mm-hmm. that you guys do both, which is mm-hmm. fun. Do you, mm-hmm. do you spe- specify or, or, or are you specific in any one of those roles or is it primarily accounting type roles or? Primarily accounting Jack only because, you know, we've only as a, as a let's talent group been doing HR more recently. Um, so here, here in the Lincoln office, I did strictly accounting for years. And then in the last probably nine months, I've, I've helped three clients hire HR people. So uh, (laughs) it's definitely kind of a newer thing for us, but again, it makes a lot of sense. It's oftentimes pretty intertwined with the accounting function and and sometimes, especially in a smaller business can really um, mix well with that. So it makes a lot of sense. 
what was uh what was your background before this work because did you have a legal background I do I'm a, a recovering yeah. attorney yeah. um and yes so my my background is is just that so went to the UNL law school here um passed the bar and then my husband's job moved us out to Boston and in Boston is where I found recruiting. So I, I joined a firm out there, but um, in a recruiting capacity, my license to practice law didn't transfer to Massachusetts, nor did I necessarily want to, to be a first, second, third year associate in Boston, would rather kind of explore New England and have a little more free time on my hands. So it worked out really well. Um, it was a smaller firm. They taught me a lot and uh, really sparked my interest in recruiting. I, I really didn't know this industry existed until then. So I was connected to this firm um, through an attorney friend of mine that sure. uh, works as an, an in-house general counsel out in Boston and met with this, this firm with, with no idea it would turn into what it did, but more just an inquiry and uh, really kind of learned about what it means to to be in recruiting and talent acquisition and um, working with, with clients in a consulting way for recruiting and, and found out I really like it. And um, it's probably the farthest thing from a desk job. Um, I really don't have a huge desk component to my job. It's, it's really, you know, grabbing coffee with people and uh, meeting with clients in their offices and um, being on the phone a lot and things like that, which suits, suits me and my personality pretty well. And, and, you know, it's really relationship building, which is so cheesy, but the people I, especially the higher level accountants I'm placing in a controller and CFO roles, man, I'll be connected with them through an attorney friend or banker, have coffee with them. They're not looking. And, you know, it's, it can be two, three years later that, you know, something comes up that just happens to be in their niche market or something like that. And I give them a call and I've stayed in touch with them and, um, it, it's a good match. So that, that's kind of the fun part about this. And the unique part about LinkedIn is it's small and it's a small network of professionals. And so it really is just getting to know people and, and yeah, building those relationships. And it takes a lot of time. Boston, when I did it in Boston, it was high volume, um, sure. you know, kind of grindy, lots of stuff here. It's, it's, it's slower paced and it's longer term. <clears throat> term connections and things like that. So it's really fun. Awesome. Yeah. I, I can, uh, reflect that sentiment of it, you know, the longer term relationship building trust building. I also enjoy that a lot more. I sold freight in Denver for a little while and that was, I mean, as transactional as it gets, Grindy. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. is. Knock it on is. doors, baby. You got to ask Volume, 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 yep. you know, matrix, things like that. And, yep. um, while I love the fundamentals of it, that, that probably wouldn't have been me forever. Um, but coming here at two LUTs and finding that our talent services niche anyways, uh, mm -hmm. given that we're actually a, a CPA firm, um, yeah. automatically kind of changes the pace and, and how we do business that, you know, we, we tell our clients and we truly mean it. Uh, you know, I'd rather have no one to give them than someone that I don't think would do a great job. And so, it allows us to say no to, to companies and clients that we don't think will be great for our candidates. And it, and it allows us to say no to candidates that we don't think would be great for our clients because it's not a, it's not a volume model. Right. And, and that, that makes it a lot more fun. 
Awesome. Well, the topic is interviews and interview mm -hmm. questions and kind of the ins and outs of it. And this first question, I, I, I'm curious kind of what your take on, on it is, um, you know, when, when you when you say the phrase interview questions, what are common questions that you've heard? Um, you know, and, and how do you feel about those questions? Do you like them? And maybe do you have some of your, your own that you would, would prefer to have a client use? Absolutely. So, I mean, I think the, the, the most common ones I hear that I don't like are, are strengths and weaknesses, right? Um, you know, hearing someone talk about their strengths and weaknesses feels very spoon fed. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I would, absolutely suggest any candidate prepare to answer that question. Right. Uh, I think I think that's a hard question to answer on the fly. And so I think you by default must come up with an answer for what are your strengths and weaknesses. But I really find that a person's strengths and weaknesses come come through in an informal way. So, you know, their ability to talk to me in an interview mm -hmm. is is showing me that they have a communication strength. They don't need to come out and say that they have a communication strength. Right. Similarly, you know, if they they've had a very technical position in the past and had really a lot of success there, I, I know that their accounting skills would be a strength of theirs. So so that really is for me to determine based on the interview and, and the resume and the references and things like that. So I, I don't like to come out and ask those things. Um, similarly to weakness, I think people will always tell you what they, they think you want to hear. And mm -hmm. so um, those aren't my favorite. I, I start off every interview and I, I ask, you know, where did you grow up? And I think it's been really successful for me because I think it immediately makes people put their guard down and I think sometimes they're a little surprised by the question but it can go one of two ways they can either tell me the city they grew up in and like leave mm -hmm. it at that it's like Lincoln Nebraska moving on or it really invites them to kind of tell me about who they are as a person and right. tell me about maybe where they grew up and you know, it, it goes one of two ways and, and it's very telling with, with which way it goes. Sure. Um, but, you know, we, we don't ask about personal things for obvious reasons, you know, kids, families, things like that. But that question, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Often invites a lot of that information if they feel comfortable and, and that's a big part of, of them and what they do. They feel comfortable starting the interview with that. And it, it just kind of gives me a, a grounding question to relate back to as well so you know some people will say oh I'm from this small town in Nebraska well I may have had a friend in college that's from there so I can right. say oh do you know this person and you know it's just it, it's a great way to start an interview um, well I feel like that's a great part of it or I love hearing that because you know any job service out there in the world can read a list of requirements and and pair it with a list of of you know someone's uh, someone's skill set that they wrote down and oh they're a match on paper but no you're making sure that because this client you've known for three years has this culture that this mm -hmm. person who they are is going to fit right. that right mm -hmm. so that that's a question I really enjoy asking and and can learn a lot about a candidate not just for about where they grew up right that's not the yeah. point the point yeah. is to learn about how they take it that question and answer it and um, I'm not saying it's all all bad if they just give me the town they grew up in but it just kind of tells me a little bit more about their communication style and uh, culture fit and things like that. And then, you know, I really like to ask their reasons for leaving different positions. So that's a little bit more of a, a technical HR strategy. 
um, but it's it's really effective. It's a way to kind of gauge their positivity level, um, whether they like jobs they've had in the past. Um, you know, if you it can be lo a loaded question. You know, why did you leave this place? And I've been in enough interviews where I can read between the lines a lot uh, to those answers and learn a lot about them as an employee. Um, so I would say the first question is, is learning them about a person, um, learning about them as a person, but that reasons for leaving different positions, uh, I can learn more about them as an employee or at least their impression of themselves as an employee. So that's a question that I've always <clears throat> wondered and, and you know, hopefully I never have to wonder how to answer that again, but is, is why did you leave a place? I mean, do you suggest taking that as an opportunity to let someone like yourself into um, maybe, you know, being honest about some of the things that don't work well for you or, you know, but how do you be political about it? I, you, I mean, how do you answer that? How do you suggest you answer it? Yeah. It's tough, Jack. There's, there's not a great way for me to make a blanket statement about how to answer it because the reasonings to believe jobs are so different. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of really good reasons uh, to, to leave jobs. And then there's, there's a lot that, that aren't. And I think, I mean, I've sat across from people that have straight up said like, I got fired. I didn't, I didn't get along with my boss. And I'd say like, you know, that happens, but think of a better way to, to say that <laughs> in an interview. I mean, appreciate right. the honesty. Trust me, I, I, I'm a big fan of that. But, you know, I, I don't know that person well enough for them to be that honest with me, probably mm -hmm. at that point. Um, they certainly can't lie, but they can say, you know, you know, personalities didn't mesh well. And, and again, I'm probably going to read between that line and understand that they got fired because they didn't get along right. with their boss, but, but finding a different way to do that. And, and really, I mean, that, that can hurt a candidate. And, and there's some situations where candidates have terrible bosses, right? And mm -hmm. that, but, you know, you'd hope that maybe they'd get out of that situation before the, the horrible boss fired them and, and can maybe have a better story there. But that, that's, a tough, that's a tough hurdle. But the great ones are, you know, found a better opportunity that, you know, gave me increased responsibility and growth opportunities after working for somewhere for three to five years. Great. I mean, yep. Mm -hmm. I, sounds good. That makes sense. Yep. Um, you know, so there, there's great ones. My spouse moved. Um, you know, that, that's one, you know, if I, if I see maybe a few more job hops than I'd like to, I always inquire about that, you know, again, it's, if your spouse is moving for their job, they're in the military or have a job, like, you know, I mean, that, that makes sense. That makes sense, right? That's mm -hmm. not you not being a good employee. Right. Um, but it's that reason for leaving is, is a huge window for me to learn about the candidate as an employee. Yeah. It, and this is going to sound so duh, but, you know, <clears throat> hearing how, let's say someone comes out and they're, ah, we didn't like each other. So I got fired. You can immediately indicate that that's probably how they're going to manage their communication at this new role. So, you 100%. know, it's, it's, it sounds so obvious, but it's a reflection of how they're going to behave in this new job. <laughs> 100%. And, and again, there are terrible bosses that right. really good employees can never get along with. Right. But the, the really good ones are going to figure out a way to manage that, that exit better, right. as well as, communicate that better to me. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not to say that that can't be a valid reason for leaving, but, but without a doubt, it's, 
a good indication if, if and if they've not gotten along with multiple bosses you know if, if that's their reason for leaving their last three jobs honestly jack i don't know that i'd present that that candidate right, right. to my client um because i mean that that's a huge red flag and mm-hmm. you know that's what our clients pay us to do is is to get through a lot of those red flags and find them the cream of the crop and find someone that doesn't have those red flags and has is a great employee i mean that's mm-hmm. really our job so so it's important that we get into the nitty gritty so you mentioned you know where you come from and what's your reason for leaving are there any other unique questions that you recommend people use kind of have in their back pocket that kind of pry people out of their shell a little bit i know i've heard some funny ones like one that i've heard that i like is what's your biggest fear right and i think okay. that you know, it's interesting. And I, I think it, it that's maybe more reflective of our culture here in Let's yeah. Tech, right? Yeah. And so, but what, any, any, any recommendations for, for those personality type questions? Yeah, again, I'd say for candidates, be prepared for those really, really take some time and, and prepare strengths, weaknesses, fears, goals. That's a big mm-hmm. one. Goals. What are your goals? I don't love them as, as, interview tools. Um, I, I like to really stick to, I really don't want to put anyone in a position where they're telling me what, what I want to hear, I guess. And right. I think a lot of those questions invite people to be a bit ingenuine. Yep. Um, where I, I really, after I do the, where, where'd you grow up? And, and after hopefully that evolves into somewhat of a conversation about their background and where they were before they, they, their last job or, or whatever the case is, I really stick to the progression on the resume. Um, and I, I think I can learn a lot about their fears and strengths and weaknesses and goals and all of that by really sticking to their professional story. Sure. Um, and I think it, it makes people, yeah, it just, it allows them to be more genuine in their responses. And it, it, I want, I, I'm the last person to keep things professional um, right. in, in that sense, but I do think that's a more comfortable place in an interview mm-hmm. um, than to to throw out kind of the the big moral dilemma questions. Yeah, and right. And things like that. That's just it's really not my business, and I, I don't need to know it to hire them. So sure, sure. But again, no. that's just me. I think there's value in those creative things, but again, I, I'm I'm interviewing for my clients, and so. Right. Um, I really need to get to the nitty gritty of, of their employability and, and if they're mm-hmm. a strong candidate or not. Right. Yeah. I, I suppose the deep cultural questions are probably best left for, mm-hmm. you know, that, that interviewee interviewer, uh, you know, situation where it's the client and the candidate. Totally. Totally. Right? It, it is. And at that point, you know, I've already brought the client up to speed on a lot of stuff. So there's already, a lot of information to go off of. And mm-hmm. so that, that works better at that point. Um, but, but hopefully, I mean, and this is, I think a, a hardwired skill of mine is, you know, hopefully by the end, we're just, we're just talking who knows about what, yeah. right. We're just right. having a conversation about, you know, childcare issues or, and I can just learn a lot about them, you know, more informally than kind of the, the cliche traditional interview questions. And, I've had a lot more success with that than I have, uh, you know, again, the traditional strengths, weaknesses, fears, goals, things like that. Right. Right. Well, <clears throat> let's flip it real quick on the other, from the other perspective Please. for, a, you know, an interviewee, um, uh, you know, what are some questions or things they can ask to really figure out if this, if this is a place they want to work? I mean, that's, I feel like, you know, after 
getting out of college and working at a couple different places until I landed mm-hmm. at Lutz, that was one thing that was always difficult for me was to remember that it's my job to make sure that they're also a fit for me. So 100%. how do you help people do that? 100%. And those, those are probably a little more the cliche ones. Again, hopefully there's a connection between the two where you jump into an informal conversation that no one planned on and and that's probably how you know the fit is about now in a big organization that could be with an HR individual that's really good at that and that could have nothing to do with your manager but hopefully you know when you get the opportunity to interview with your hiring manager um, it it becomes informal um, and it becomes an informal conversation and and that's going to be your best tool Um, But as far as getting to that point and and asking those questions, I think a great one is what is your favorite part of your job? Um, I think that invites them to to really highlight the things that are important to them, either as an organization or even as a manager. Um, And I think, you know, if it's if they talk about the people and the friendships and that's important to the candidate. okay, great. If their favorite part is you know, the work that they do at their computer and the, the technical side of it, and that resonates with the candidate, great. But, you know, it's 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 not just hearing good things about the, the job, it's do the things that make, excite that person also align with things that would likely excite the candidate. Um, I think that's important. I think another one is, you know, really diving into that person's progression in the company and, Again, not everyone wants to climb the ladder or have, you know, tons of professional growth necessarily, but I think understanding, you know, if that person says, oh, I started and I was underwater and took me two years to get up to speed. And I, I think understanding and asking the, the hiring manager, you know, where did you start? What did that progression look like? You know, what were the different steps? You know, how did that happen for you and how'd you get to where you are now? I think is, is again, very telling as to what type of an organization it is and, and what type of success that that person could have. Absolutely. Absolutely. What um, <clears throat> any tips or specifics on preparation, um, you know, things that someone can do to really feel feel good and comfortable going into an interview? Absolutely. So I think the biggest side on, on the technical side is to examine the, the job description, the responsibility. So bullet points, usually they're going to put most important bullet point first. Um, so to really examine that and to think about how what you've done can translate to that exact responsibility. So sure. thinking through your experience and resume and how that links directly to the job description. So that's gonna really allow you to show how you can bring value to the position from a technical standpoint. When I say technical, I don't mean tech. I mean um, the, the technical responsibilities of the job yeah, right. outside of the soft skills. Yeah. Um, so you know, if, if one of the job responsibilities is you know, the monthly close, well, you've done the monthly close in your current role for three years. I mean, that's an obvious one, um, but sometimes you have to be a little more creative, especially if you're making an industry change or or somewhat of a career change. You're going to have to really sell the transferability of what you've done and how that matches what they're asking this current person to do. So I think that's a great starting point for a preparation is just to study the heck out of that job description and make sure you understand 
how you can add value to each and every bullet point and responsibility that that's involved there because they may not ask that but what a great thing to offer uh what a great thing to say you know these are the things i've done and that hiring manager's in their head subconsciously thinking about what they want this person to do and right. you go ahead and list all of those things that you've done that translate to that you're gonna you're just gonna set it off on the right foot awesome that's, would, that's a good one yeah go ahead i was just gonna say would you also say just you know focus on being yourself oh totally yeah i mean anyone's gonna see through you not right. being yourself that goes to me without saying, but I'm glad you said it because I think a lot of people get really nervous and I think nervous is okay. I think right. genuinely nervous people, I know they're nervous. I know mm -hmm. they're nervous when I'm sitting across from them. And so they can be that way and still let them shine through. It's, it's probably the people that really try to cover up their nervousness or whatever. That's, that's harder. If you're nervous, I mean, I've had great candidates just say, sit down and say, interviews make me really nervous and and I'm just gonna put that out there and like great like let's you know let's work through that uh, I can work with that but but I think sometimes cockiness can be the solution for people that are trying to overcompensate for that nervousness and not the turn off um, right. I'd much rather someone just say they're nervous than you know try to be overconfident in in the interview for sure Sure. Well, any other any other comments or tips or things that um, on on either side of the you know yeah. client or candidate place mm -hmm. that you want to leave our listeners with? You know, again, I like you said, be yourself, be conversational. You know, just if if the on either side, you know, if the other person's super buttoned up, do everything you can to to really allow them to to have informal conversation with you because that's really when you when you learn about the company and when you learn about the candidate is during that informal conversation. And, and separately from a formal interview, I've really been recommending a lot of my clients, you know, as they get further into the interview process with, with additional rounds, doing an informal round of grabbing coffee with the candidate or grabbing a beer um, with the candidate, taking the candidate and their spouse out to dinner. If it's, if it's a high level position, right. um, you know, you just see a different side of someone outside of that interview room, uh, not unlike, you know, us as, as employees and coworkers doing things like that, you know, that's when you really can learn about who a person is. And so I don't think it's inappropriate to do that during the interview process. Um, and I've had clients do that and have a lot of success with that. Um, and a candidate, you know, all the candidates that I know have that have done that have also really enjoyed that. And they've gotten to know people in a, at a level that you just can't in an interview. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great tip. I mean, I don't, that's one that you would overlook very easily because, you know, there's a process to how we mm -hmm. hire people and then they mm -hmm. get hired and then you get to know them. It's like, well, no, yeah. you can, you can put in the time to get to know someone first totally. and, and it can take as long or as quickly as yeah. you want. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, it's a quick market. You can't take a long time, but you can certainly schedule a 45 minute coffee at the mill, um, you, you know, or something like that um, as, as soon as you can. And, and that's really going to show you a completely different version of both sides. Awesome. Well, Alex, I, I appreciate you taking the yeah. time to talk with us today. We're very lucky to have you doing what you do in Lincoln. Um, well, thank yeah, you. I, I enjoyed fun. it. Yes, yeah, you absolutely. Bet. Jack, great questions. And we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. 
Thanks for listening and don't forget to make light.